Hi, I'm Dee Dee Bass Wilbon. And I'm Dina Bass Williams, and we are the Bass Sisters. Dina, it's Monday, Monday, Monday. I'm not going to sing, but I, because I can't. <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, if you want to hear Dee Dee sing, go to my Facebook page or Instagram account, and we have posted uh, her version of New York, New York, where you are carrying a tune, but it's not in a bucket. <laughs> every time I look at that, every time I listen to that, I can't help but to just scream because I can't sing, but I was having so much fun. Oh, we were singing in the garage at the National Press Club, actually in the G Street garage downtown in DC. And we used to, that was back in the day when we went to the press club every Friday for taco night. That seems like a long time ago. So ready for those days to return. We gather our tribe to have middle school version tacos at the National can't Press wait. Club. Yep. But you were singing in the garage, you and Dalen, and you were singing New York, New York. I think we're gonna we're gonna end this policy and pound cake with that version of New York, New York. So so listen to the end, and we'll tag that on to the end of this um, to the end of this podcast. But yeah. So anyway, so how was your weekend, my dear? I hear you got a a new toy. I did. The Carsons, um, Ben and Dr. Ben Carson and Candy Carson gave me and LaForest an air fryer before I left, actually, as I left HUD. And we use that thing so much. I, I mean, it broke. Like we, we use it every day, many, many times a day. So we had to get a new air fryer. So now we got an air fryer that has, I can dehydrate fruit. So we had apple chips and banana chips. We also had tater tots. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So, yeah, so we got a new air fryer. So that's a new toy. Oh, okay. And I know you had an adventure, advent, eventful weekend. Dina, okay, so just let me, just let me take a couple minutes here and talk about my, my, my weekend, my Saturday, because it was really, it was scary. It was a learning experience. It was something that I'll never forget and my kids will never forget. And I, there were so many emotions that I went through on Saturday because I was so angry and very disappointed. And it was just off, awful. But we left our home at 4.30 in Maryland, going to DC. Um, Paris Denard, a good friend of ours, we were gonna be in his group to, uh, to, to do the White House tour for, the Christmas, for Christmas, to see the Christmas decorations. So excited, love being at the White House during Christmas time, absolutely wonderful. Um, I know it was gonna be a little bit different this time because of COVID. The last couple of times we've gone, it's just been amazing, right? Absolutely. And, uh, we left the house at 4.30. Needless to say, Dina, we never made it to the White House because we get down there and there's rallies all over the place. There are pro-Trump rallies. There's, this, uh, there's Antifa. There's uh, Black Lives Matter. There's just all these rallies that are going on. <clears throat> and I think some of them are actually wrapping up. But the roads have been closed in D.C. since one of the police officers told me since 2 o'clock. And she said, ma'am, they're going to be closed probably until 2 or 4 a.m. And I'm like, you got to be joking. Every single road we went down almost was blocked by police officers, right? Or by, you know, D.C. police or what have you and during the protest. But we, we're going down a, a regular road where there was like a, a church, homes, Christmas decorations and everything up. And we get stopped by this mass group of people dressed in all black, um, 
my son rolls down the window and asks the young lady, white female, he says, excuse me, ma'am, we're, um, you know, we're, she's standing in the middle of the road with her arms folded. And I'm like, okay, is she not gonna move out of the way? Cause we're trying to make a right turn down the street. And, and it was just a quick right. Um, and she said, no. And I looked and I said, well, why can't we? And she said, well, we're Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, okay, okay, you Black Lives Matter, but I need to get down the street <laughs> and you're blocking the street. And this was a part of the street that was not closed for protest. It wasn't closed. Mm -hmm. There were no barricades. They just were not letting people, they chose to not let people go down the street. It was like if me, Dale, and Dorian got out the car and walked across the street and just stood in the middle of the street and told her, and somebody somebody was driving down the street to go home. And they were like, well, Didi, we need to, we need to make this right turn. No, you can't. Why? So, what were, like, what were the kids' reactions? You know, I think Dorian was very, very Dorian was like, mom, seriously, my son, I love my son, pray for my son because he was very upset. He was like, this is crazy. My daughter, Daylin, it, it really, um, it touched her in a different way. She started, Dorian and I were like, whoa, she started crying. She was like, mom, it, it, and then because you know seen, me, had she I, continue, I continued to ask questions like, listen, because there were like six cars behind me, mind you now, so six wait, cars. Wait so wait a minute, you, you continue to ask questions of the Black Lives Matter protesters? Yes. Okay. <laughs> of course you did. And I'm like, listen, I said, look, we have some place to go. Dina, at, at that point, their arms folded, they got, they, it was like a line of them on the back line of them or whatever. And I said, you know what? We need, Doran's like, mom, just, let's go, just get out of here. We had to make a U-turn and I was the lead car. I don't know how I got to be the lead car because there were, there were like six or seven cars behind me, but we had to make a U-turn to go back down a road that we weren't supposed to go back down because this huge group of people, were, they were blocking the entire intersection, the whole road, you couldn't go anywhere. People not destruct, um, you know, blocking traffic, not letting people pass. And so I think that as, as, as much of a bummer as it was that we didn't get to see the White House Christmas lights and we love, this has now become a family tradition and we love doing it, we, we didn't get to see them. I think it was a great lesson for the kids, your children, my rugrats, to see the protests, as much as I don't want them to be in danger, I think it was good for them to see the way it's being covered because they do not, they don't ever see our, our kids, Dalen and Dorian, my rugrats, don't see the negative portrayal of Black Lives Matter in the media. Like the kids don't see the destruction. They don't see Black Lives Matter because as a destructive force, because the media never portrays them as a destructive force. They portray them walking down the street, multi, um, you know, racial group of people with signs. They don't show them destroying things, but we know that we've had a summer of destruction at the hands of Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. Fortunately, yeah. what your situation was like, that's, that's par for the course. People do that. You know, people block streets when they're protesting and it's wrong, but it was, I think, it was good for the kids to see that that the unreasonable nature of what they were doing because it was absolutely unreasonable and we've seen plenty of coverage of the proud boys and the trump pro-trump supporters you know burning the flag the black lives matter flags down in front of you know the some black churches this weekend 
and that should have been covered in its entirety. All of it should have been covered. Right. And, yes, we, is that and we encourage our conservative community to denounce that, those activities that were happening at those black churches over the weekend, that those activities must be denounced. And, and we know that the media is going to keep covering it. So you'll get to see it and you'll get your opportunity to denounce it. Right. And so they should take those opportunities to denounce it every single time that it is covered because it will be covered. But just as that is being covered and just as that is being denounced, then all that Black Lives Matter, the destruction that they do and the disruption that they do, that should be covered. And it should also be denounced on that side. Absolutely. And and 100%. So no matter how people feel about us saying it, we are not going to pretend that Black Lives Matter is a peaceful group of, you know, college students fighting for justice. Because that, it's not. That's a myth that we're not, we're not going to walk down that street. And if it's going to offend people, it's going to offend people because we know the truth. That's not who they are. No. And like mama always says, we're not, we don't condone um, bad behavior. We're not we're not doing that. You know right. what I mean? On either side. On either side. Anyone. And so that's why, that's why the left and the right get upset with us because we're going to call it out on the left and we're going to call it out on the right. Absolutely. All day long, every day. Every day. So we didn't get to the White House, but we, you know, bummer, bummer town, but we'll, we'll get there again soon. Yes, we will. We will. And my kids, they were really, they were really kind of bummed about it. But then, you know, they were, like I said, it was an experience and we were just happy and thankful and blessed that we were together. We were able to get home safely because it was a mess. A mess. So that was um, an adventurous weekend indeed. And we have some adventurous days coming up because just around the corner, is a very important race in the um, in Georgia, our home state, uh, the Georgia Senate races, two Senate races that we have been following. And so, you know, the big thing is like, what is at stake in these Georgia races? Yep. A lot. And this is, you know, this is not one of those, oh, well, we can, you know, maybe we'll vote, maybe we'll go, no. And we have been saying on our podcast, we don't know who these people are who are encouraging people encouraging people not to vote, but we need to ignore them and we need to get out and vote. And we want people, we want everyone to vote, but we're gonna tell you that we really need the conservatives to come out in big numbers to win these two seats. A lot is at stake. The, uh, the you know, people keep talking about Joe Biden and Senator Harris being centrists and you know, deal makers and Joe being the deal maker. Well, if we don't control the Senate, then this left anarchist wing of the Democratic Party is going to do more to drive the agenda than we ever think is safe and necessary. Like they are not, their agenda is, what is their agenda? Their agenda is um, packing the courts, their agenda is a Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. Their agenda is free health care for illegal immigrants, free college education for illegal immigrants. Who's paying for all of that? Yeah, that's ask that question again, Didi. Who's paying? You're talking about free college tuition for illegal immigrants, free health care. Who's paying for it? Where's all this coming from? Who is paying for it? We 
will be paying for it. And they want to pretend that they're not going to raise taxes. Let's, you know, let, let's be real. Let's talk about the four candidates who are, who are on the ballot. And these are, these are the candidates that are on the ballot. This is what you have to choose from. Okay, so we have Kelly Loeffler and Raphael Warnock in one runoff, and we have David Perdue and John Ossoff in another runoff. We keep calling them a ticket, but it's really not a ticket. There are two runoffs. Kelly Loeffler was appointed to her seat when Johnny Isaacson retired, and so now she's running for the full term, for a full term, a six-year term, and She's the Republican and Purdue is the Republican in the other runoff. And so, of course, we don't want to be uh, deceptive. We are conservative Republicans, as most of you who listen to our show know, and we do want the Republicans to retain control of the Senate. And we're going to focus in on Loeffler and Warnock. Dee is going to talk a little bit later about some of Warnock's stances, but one on, on abortion in particular, but we want to call your attention to um, the a website on the issue.org. It's really not the best designed website. It's very unattractive, like maybe it was designed in 2002 and they haven't updated it, but it's a great source to go to to just kind of click down, you know, 20, 30 issues for each candidate in almost every race, every, you know, statewide and federal race, you can go to ontheissue.org and dig into each candidate's views. So for Loeffler and Warnock, you know, we're looking at um, their views on abortion. They're both very clear about their support for, um, Loeffler's very, very clear about her support for um, the preborn. She gets the endorsement of Susan B. Anthony and, um, you know, it says that she's a fierce opponent of abortion. She has co-sponsored four bills to protect the unborn. Warnock, on the other hand, is a is a pastor who is very clear about his belief that there is um, nothing wrong with a, a woman choosing to abort her child, a family choosing to abort a child. So he is pro-choice. He um, gets the endorsement of Planned Parenthood. And quite frankly, anyone who gets Planned Parenthood's endorsement does not get our endorsement just, you know, as a matter of course. So uh, though that's one issue. We're focusing on that just because of some of the things that Warnock has said, and Dee will talk about that a little bit later. But there are tons of other issues here from civil rights to gun control that you should really dig into. We have examined these issues for Loeffler and Warnock. We largely stand with Loeffler on these issues. Uh, you know, one of the issues that is, it's not one of the buckets that is listed here, but when you look through the way these two candidates deal with civil rights issues, we also feel far better about Kelly Loeffler's willingness to protect the religious liberties of people um, to not have to shrink from public the public square or public discourse um, as they are practicing their their faith and so we support Loeffler in her stance on on um, issues of free speech and religious liberties and it's interesting that you know, you, you would think that a pastor would have more sensitivity to 
religious liberties, but um, Warnock does not. We are particularly sensitive to Warnock's support of the Equality Act. Now, the phrase Equality Act sounds like you know, you would support it, but it is actually dangerous for churches. You know, Dee Dee's daughter, one of my rugrats, Dalen, attends a religious school and, and the Equality Act would demand that Christian schools act against their beliefs. Um, it would also force churches to abandon their biblical teaching on issues of human sexuality. This is a very sensitive topic and we do believe that we should not be afraid to talk about it. Uh, we, in this podcast, we won't go into it into greater into great detail, but we do have a link to the Equality Act in this podcast description so that you can learn more about it. And we feel like this is something that, again, if the Republicans don't have control of the Senate, then the left, far left wing of the Democratic Party will try to ram these things down our throat and Warnock would be in support of them doing so. Loeffler would not. Religious liberties is a huge, huge issue for us as it should be for every American. So we encourage you all to go vote. All right, so that Georgia race is really important. So make sure that you get out and vote, 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 vote. Right, Dana? Right. This was in the above the fold. If you are not getting the above the fold, you are so not in the know. What is above the fold? Above the fold is the Bass Public Affairs weekly newsletter that comes out that you need to be reading weekly. So if you're not getting it, you're not in and you need to be in. So you need to register for it. So send us your information so that we can get in your inbox. ASAP. Yes, go to basspublicaffairs.com and send us your email so that you can be in the in crowd. So in the above the fold this week, the article about Pastor Warnock, about the tweet, his, uh, he's a pro-choice pastor, right? Right, which um, I mean, if you can see our faces, we don't, we're not on video this week. <laughs> And that's for your benefit. <laughs> but if you can see our faces, we're like, okay, a pro-choice pastor. Somebody tweeted out, did a meme, like, I'm a, a pro-bacon vegan. <laughs> like, like, how are you a pro-choice pastor? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And Dina, we're not the only ones that thought that was ridiculous because one of my most one of my favorite coaches, Coach Tony Dungy, um, who has been known to be outspoken about his faith. Um, but not, you know, he, he typically doesn't really weigh in on political stuff that much, you know? Um, but he responded along with uh, a group of black pastors that responded. And the majority of the pastors that wrote this letter to, um, to pastor Warnock are Georgia pastors. And so it wasn't, and it, it wasn't like a group of, it wasn't a group of people from out of the state, out of, out of, that were not in the state of Georgia, but these are people that are in the state of Georgia who, you know, that's their home. Those are their communities. And, and they were very outspoken in this letter to him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this letter, they were basically saying what? That, that being a pro-choice pastor does not make sense. <laughs> right they probably gave him the look that we were 
that we've been giving him, right? Like that, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't even sound right. It doesn't, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work. There was a response from his spokesperson and I'm gonna read the response. Reverend Warnock believes a patient's room is too small a place for a woman, her doctor and the US government. And that these are deeply personal healthcare decisions, not political ones. He also believes those who are concerned about life ought to be focused on the incredibly high rates of infant mortality and maternal mortality and working to make sure we are expanding access to healthcare, not taking it away. Okay, so if you could see my face right now, people, and if you could see my hands going around in a circle and my eyes getting really big, like what in the world? Like read that, read that one more time. Just the just the quotes from the spokesperson. The quotes from the spokesperson. Okay, he says, Reverend Warnock believes a patient's room is too small a place for a woman, her doctor, and the US government. These are deeply personal healthcare decisions, not political ones. Then he goes on to say he also believes those who are concerned about life life ought to be focused on the incredibly high rates of infant mortality and maternal maternal mortality and working to make sure we are expanding access to healthcare and not taking it away again if you could see my face and my hands going in a circle like hello that doesn't make any sense he says infant mortality infant mortality so in but he's okay with infanticide that so, makes sense no, no sense at all. Like no sense at all. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't, I. You know, that's a little clever thing to, to try to say. Um, Reverend Warnock believes that a patient's room is too small a place for the woman, her doctor and the U.S. government. Please, that if that, let's, okay, okay. That's clever, clever spokesperson thing to say. Your talking points are nice and rich and clean. Okay, we, we, we see that you uh, are clever, but the reality is, is, is that a patient's room if infanticide, if innocent lives are being taken in that room, right. then it's it everybody's is, business. It's everybody's business. It's everybody's business. So period. Yeah. So the stakes are high and, and we can't pretend that the stakes are not high in Georgia. No. And, and, you know, so one thing that people are trying to do subtly is to is this white guilt and the black card. So they're trying to get white Georgians to, ha to have this guilt that if they don't support this Democrat ticket, this Warnock, Ossinoff ticket, you know, um, then they're somehow racist. Okay, that's wrong. And they're all, and then for blacks, it's like, they're trying to take the black card. Oh, if you vote for the Republicans, you're, you know, you're not, not black. black. Okay, again, that's dumb. I'm sorry. They're not attacking people. The, that policy people. is dumb. That We're not attacking people. We're attacking policy. And that policy is dumb. It doesn't make any sense at all. Not even a little bit. So the bottom line is that you need to recognize that the stakes are high and that this is no time to sit out this race and the camp and for us the candidates are clear we're not able to vote in georgia because we are not georgia residents 
So but that, we are urging all of our Georgia residents and family and friends and everyone to just to vote and to really look at the look at the policies. Don't vote because you like this person. You not vote the policies and it just simply makes sense. It makes sense. Period. Full stop. Whew. This one, this policy and pound cake has been. I don't know why this policy and pound cake has been so emotional for me this morning, Dee Dee. I don't either, Dina, but it's Monday and it's going to be a great, glorious week. And we are so excited that you guys have joined us. And unfortunately, my sister is going to end this policy and pound cake with a song. Yes. Um, listen, I never said that I. Workers out there who listen to us, um, this is dedicated to you, to you, New York, to you. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. Be a part of it in old New York. I can't Thank you.